You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. The Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays. Not with me here this evening, unfortunately, is my co-host, Justin Rathoff. But that's okay, because we have a jam-packed episode tonight featuring interviews with our assistant coaching staff as I talked to four of the coaches just this past Wednesday all about the 2023 season. We talk a bit about 2022. We talk about their motivations. We talk about the scheme and everything in between. It was another great sit-down with those uh, gentlemen. Appreciate them taking the time. And it lasts about 40, 45 minutes or so, uh, which will give us a a nice full bulldog hour for sure. So episode 9-3, our third episode of season 9, here on Sunday, July 30th, 2023. Just a couple of things to mention before we get to those interviews um, most importantly, we want to thank our sponsors here at the Bulldog Hour. Our presenting sponsor, Mays Sandwich Shop, my dad, Bill Mays, uh, my sister, Corinne. I appreciate their support of the show since the beginning. Uh, almost, actually, eight years uh, to the day tomorrow is when uh, Justin and I decided to bring this show back in a little bit of a different format. And uh, starting here on, on year nine of the show, and I appreciate the support from the sandwich shop and a few others. I talked last time that we were wiping the slate clean as a new year is upon us. And uh, the sandwich shop and the Hop family had already um, re-upped for season nine. And uh, another uh, donor hopped on, wanted to remain anonymous, but we do want to thank them for their generosity and the support of the show because it, it makes things a lot easier uh, when people step up and, and help us to uh, cover the cost to uh, record, edit, produce, uh, and try to get uh, 1% better every day, which is something you heard the, the uh, players talk about, you'll hear the coaches mention, and it's something that we take to heart here also at the Bulldog Hour. There are multiple ways you can support us, however, besides sponsorships and advertising or the in-kind donations. Visiting BulldogHour.com, the website for the show, and also really most of the Wilson football program. There's a big part of history and heritage on there. There's links to some merchandise. Uh, we had re- pre- recently run the Chocho sale through there. You can also uh, re-up or join the Wilson Football Tradition Club. The membership form and payment options are on there as well. And, of course, as always, Justin's favorite, like and share anything we post across social media. If you can give it a like, if you can give it a share, uh, if you can rate and review us on the podcasters, subscribe anywhere. I know last we've got a few new subscriptions on the YouTube page. That helps us a bunch. So that engagement is very important. So if you can't help or don't want to help monetarily, that's perfectly fine. But if you could do so in a social manner, like, share, subscribe, rate, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, let's see. Our next live show will be in two weeks on Sunday, August 13th. And that will be the sit-down with head coach Doug Doms. And I talked to him for all but an hour already. So that, that interview is recorded. It is going to be ready to go. And that is coming to you in two weeks on Sunday, August 13th at 8.30. 
So I think that about covers it. We're going to dive in now to our interviews. Like I said, up first, or all together here now, we're going to talk to all of the assistant coaches. It was defensive coordinator Ernie Wolber, uh, running backs coach Jake Peterson, defensive back coach Jamie Sands, and offensive line coach Brandon Dom. So let's hear what they have to say. All right, welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am Joe Mays. Unfortunately, not with me for the assistant coach interviews is Justin Raffoff, but he'll be back for the next show. Sitting here with me now, I have four Wilson assistants. Let me bring them on camera and introduce them. All have been here for a while now. We got defensive coordinator Ernie Wolber, running backs coach Jake Peterson, Defensive back coach Jamie Sands and offensive line coach Brandon Doms. Guys, thanks for joining us again. Yeah. You, none of you are rookies. You've all been on this program multiple times now. Uh, so I appreciate you joining us again. And I'll be talking to a few coaches in the future. We'll be catching up with uh, Jeremy Palm and Mark Steinmeier at a future date. But for the four of you here with me now, uh, first off, something a little bit different, more of a a personal question, not necessarily focused just on Wilson, but I wanted to know what are your motivations to continue coaching, just coaching football in general? Why do you keep coming back? Uh, what is it that pulls you to the game? Anyone can start. Just jump in whenever you're ready. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, for me, it's, it's you know, the connection with the kids. Um, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to, to build relationships with, with students, uh, to be able to see over a course of time, uh, you know, one of the nice things about coaching at the high school is, is most of the kids we see for three years. And to see the growth from some of the kids um, from their sophomore year to their to their senior year, and um, you know, it, it can it can be really you know a rewarding process. And and uh, you know, it's it, football is is you know ultimately the catalyst that that helps them grow in, in this situation. It's it's pretty cool to see. I look at it, you know, growing up, football was a big outlet. Uh, for people want to get away from whatever they have to, you know, everybody's their own demons, but people get away from things. And actually, if I had football in my life, I wouldn't be the dad I am. I wouldn't be the husband I am, you know, the person I am. And as Jake mentioned about the relationships, like, I mean, I'm one of the elder states on the staff now, and it makes me feel young being around young kids like that. Like, it keeps me young. It keeps me motivated. And just the relationships I built and still have with those kids who were 10, 12 years ago, I still talk to those kids via text or we see each other all the time. So it's really good with the relationships with kids. Uh, I keep coming back hoping that there's going to be an NIL deal with Nays Sandwich Shop. Sorry. There's a little gray area there. We're working through some paperwork. It's, but we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. Um, no, I think it's just the love of the game still. Like, football is one of those sports when once you're done, you're done. You can't just go out and pick it up. So with coaching, like you kind of still stay in touch with the game that way. It's in addition to like, the kids and all that stuff. Like, I think it's still the love of the game. Um, for myself, I enjoy every year you have a different dynamic group of kids, and I really like seeing how they mesh together, but they all have their own kind of flavor, if you will. So it's always a challenge as a coach because you're always tweaking things to match your personnel. And a big thing for me is I want every kid to leave, whoever played for me, having no regrets about anything that they did on that football field. I want them to take advantage of every opportunity they can. So... Sometimes they don't like me during the week, but that's really important to me that they can walk from the game with their head up high knowing they did everything they can. 
All right. Well, just to get a little bit more focus now on, on the Wilson, um, how has the quote off season been? How are your workouts gone in the winter, spring, summer, you know, spring drills, you've gone through team camp now. Uh, how did the, uh, the off season go? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. Yeah, it's 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 been great. I mean, it, the one of the nice things this year is, uh, uh, you know, we have a really motivated and focused uh, upperclassmen group uh, that that has done a great job of keeping everyone on page and everyone ready, moving in the correct direction. So uh, it's it's been that part has been pretty pretty neat to see, um, and it, and it's not just one person. There's just a, a, a big collection of of kids there that, that all have that singular focus and, uh, not quite as much, uh, motivation needed from us. Uh, you know, they, they handle a lot of that accountability on their own, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right, Jake. I mean, it's, it's, we can teach the X's and O's with, we always say we can't teach heart and we can't teach pride. We're going to be having to how much you're going to work. And the upper class have done an outstanding job driving those kids. We don't have to step in and say, come on, let's go. They're stepping in and motivating the kids. So it's making our job leading that way so we can focus more on football. But I'm just impressed, like, watching the young kids, even the older kids who have it, watching the maturity of the younger kids get better and better and better all summer. Like, we just had a good JV session going. And just watching, thinking about where these kids were two months ago to where they are now, it's a totally different picture. So I'm very impressed with the work ethic and the focus of our group right now. Yeah, I mean, trying to change things lineman-wise, we change up winter workouts a little bit, trying to be more, I don't say, skill set-specific, but just alternate ways, not just drilling stance and stuff like that, but more core workouts and just keeping them on the ball. And, again, the seniors bought in, and when you see your senior leaders buy in, it just trickles down all the way through. And it's starting to look like it's paying dividends on the field. Like the younger guys just seem to be a step ahead of where they have been in the past. Yeah, summer season's when I do most of my yelling because I'm installing all the secondary stuff. The younger kids break from it. And, uh, you know, discipline's going to be key with this group. We can keep them going. They're doing some really nice stuff. So we'll stay on, keep working. They're coming a long way. I got to talk to your senior student-athletes already. Um, and one of the things that we talked about was the change in team camp atmosphere this year because you went somewhere different. Uh, what was the main benefit of, of switching it up and heading up to uh, East Stroudsburg instead of what you had done in the past years? Was that a cognizant choice? Was it scheduling? What was the reasoning for going up to East Stroudsburg? Um, the camp we used to go to, uh, just some of the bigger schools started to leave. Like we used to see downtown, Mannheim Central. Uh, we saw a lot of really good poly programs up there, and no disrespect, their programs that are there. But we have 80 kids, 70 kids in our team that like, get our varsity and JV equal reps. It was hard sometimes, smaller teams. Smaller schools. So went up to, you know, up to Stroudsburg this year. In the first session, we had Fieldsburg, who's this, you know, really good program, and obviously St. Joe's and St. Joe's. So everybody got reps, everybody competition. And it was a nice work for everybody in that aspect. Um, it was much tougher competition, and our JVs really benefited. I mean, Marcy obviously benefited. Our JVs really came to life. I think a lot more long this camp than they have at other camps. Yeah, it's nice. It, it, and just in general, sometimes to, to get that change up a little bit, you know, to, to have a different environment. Um, you know, these kids that are seniors now, uh, we're, at, we're at another camps, you know, another camp for, for two years. And just to get into a new environment sometimes, uh, there's less comfort and, let, and, and things of that nature. So, you know, it can really help, um, you know, just the, the team dynamic and, 
you know, we're all here together. We all need to adapt together to, to something new. I don't think it was necessarily a difference in camp, but just kind of like a little bit of attrition on the line. We definitely got a lot more younger guys and we got found in depth that we needed at that position. Again, putting them against quality opponents that they could get that work against was like, okay, can trust this person. Like, this is a viable option. So, the line side, that's not work. This is one of the benefits of going last. I, well, I don't think there's much for me to say. <laughs> you got to lead away from next time. Yeah, you covered it well. All right. Um, well, then let's let's look back quickly to 2022 before we really go forward to to this season. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway uh, from last year? Uh, you know, as a team, as a group, as a coaching staff, um, the season overall. When you look back at 2022, what do you think you can use? For 2023, like, what's your takeaway? All right, Jamie, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. yeah. <laughs> well, my secondary is uh, returning one starter, so it's going to be a lot different for me. It's it's neat though to see Eddie Case develop as a leader in that secondary. I mean, he knows the ins and outs. He can steer the traffic, and he has Woodsy back there. Woodsy's a field general himself. He just hasn't had that shot yet, you know, in the starting lineup. So, I mean. I'm excited to see where Eddie's at. I thought last year was really good coming out here for him. I'm excited to see what the unit does this year with a couple adding a couple guys there. I like the pieces we have, but we got to stay healthy and put on the fields. I mean, the way the season kind of went, it definitely left a bitter taste in your mouth. And I think a lot of the seniors picked up on that, like losing to Hemfield, losing to getting that matchup with Harrisburg first round and being bounced out of the playoffs, like that early on, like that's not what Wilson does. Like normally we make those playoff pushes, so I think that definitely is the motivating factor. I think that's kind of the thing that's hanging that kids are drawing motivation from. I mean, I think, you know, defensively speaking, we returned, you know, last year we had a pretty solid unit that people back that's um, experience this year is gonna be we're trying to figure out what we have. Um, we're trying to play around a little bit our philosophy stays the same, but as far as fronts, wise, we're trying to find out, you know, we have real strong linebackers, play maybe a 3-4, look more, or a 4-3, look, figuring that out, depth on offensive line, a lot of that's to do with it. So I think this year, going in, last year we kind of knew what we had, this year going in is kind of a question mark, like folks said, with secondary linebackers, new people, so we're trying to find out exactly where we fit defensively and what's going to be our strength and weaknesses to try to attack those things. So it's going to be different look than last year, like I assume looking more aggressive this year than last year because we were more different different type kids but um we uh, it's gonna be a learning process for us defensively early on this year yeah and to, to expand upon what brandon said a little bit you know it's uh, offensively we we have a lot of pieces back now with that being said we lose uh, a big chunk you know of that with with losing uh, cam and uh, you know he's, he's such a playmaker for us and that's hard to replace but um you know i think the kids have the right mindset that it doesn't have to be just one person uh, it's it, it's going to be a you know a, a group of, of people to step up and, uh, and and that's nice because you know from week to week then uh, you know there can't be that singular focus. Uh, also though, uh, offensively returning so many people, um, you know th there's something to be said for you know feeling you know the the, the pain of those losses, uh, you know, specifically like the Harrisburg loss there at the end of the season. Uh, and having so many kids, though, be involved in that game and, and, and be, you know, contributors in that game. And, and, and now having that feeling 
uh, and using that as motivation that you're coming up and knowing what it's going to need to take to, to take that next step. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a crucial part of, of what we have to come. So, I mean, Harrisburg, again, that's our nemesis lately. Even we don't plan not to not vote, but we won't go there. But, um, <clears throat> I mean, I watched the film quickly after we played them, got my opinions, walked away, and didn't really watch the film again until probably March. And just looking back, I got sick again and felt terrible about it, knowing that we had opportunities. We just didn't make the plays we had to do it. They made every play they had to make, we didn't make, and that hurts because we, they're better than us. I'm not going to deny that. We just, we were close. We were real close. And it just coming off of that, I think the kids really have a lot of drive from that. Yeah, um, perfect segue uh, for, from you, Coach Wolver. I appreciate that. Um, sure. uh, you, you all touched on it a little bit, uh, talking about a little bit of you know bitter taste after a few of the games that you felt maybe got away when you had them in control. But, you know, Justin and I don't like to interview you guys or the players after losses. Um, we also try not to speak on what happened after a loss either. We try to be very uh, diplomatic about it when we talk, when we have a show after a loss, but we're, we're not, we don't like to lose. <laughs> no one, no one does. Um, but I, 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 you added a little bit about Harrisburg there, but thinking back to also the Hempfield game, is there, do you have any reactions from Hempfield or Harrisburg, those games and just what went wrong or what you would change or just looking back on them, you know, if one thing would have gone differently. Does anything stand out as, as something to change going into this season? I mean, I think just in general, when we talk about things like that, you, you can go back and ultimately a lot of it just comes back to, to fundamentals, right? You know, the, 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 the pieces that, you know, kids are doing since, you know, they're, they're in what, second grade, right? Uh, third grade, whatever, whatever, uh, you know, that, that all starts. And so, you know, you, you learn, you start to learn how to tackle, you start to learn how to block, you know, those types of things. They, they, it still translates, right? And translates past us too. When you, when you look at college football and, you know, professional football, you know, those pieces make such a big difference in any football game um, that, you know, it, it, it ultimately, you, you can, you know, pick and choose a play here and there, but we, we, you know, all, all can see that there's times that, you know, we can do those little things if, if we just, you know, finish something that we were looking at, um, you know, fundamentally, we, we, we would have been fine. I mean, yeah, looking back, like the Harrisburg, touching that real quick, I mean, I remember all the losses pretty well, as you know, um, but Harrisburg, you know, they convert on a fourth down when they're in punt formation. One guy makes a mistake. They run. wasn't even supposed to be a fake fourth to punt and just salt and took off. And that's a touchdown scored on that drop. We take a touchdown off the board, and who knows? Little things like that. Hemfield, 17-play, 82-yard drive to win the game. Where we don't fourth down and, like, inches a couple times, and they got. So things like that is, you know, intestinal fortitude, those type of things where we can't. It's hard to get that. And I hope the kids learn something from that. I mean, Roman, we control the game, and it just went crazy. So it just it's it's hard, but hard for us to accept. But the kids gotta understand that and understand what we did wrong to improve from that. So that's as long as they learned that we're gonna be better off for it. Yeah, I may take Jimmy's answer because he's I think this is where I hear it from. It's like it all come games come down to like four or five key plays. Yep. And Hemfield and Harrisburg, we lost them. Uh, against Roman we were driving, it was like late in the game, it was really close, we were on a good drive and we just threw a ball out and went pick six and then those came off the train, and that one was that game was final score was not as close as that game was. So again, if you keep plays, then kids have to realize that we have to win these few key plays if we want to have success this season. 
Did he cover it? <laughs> well, there was other stuff too, but that's the only thing I think I'm comfortable with sharing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, when you get a good football team out there, you're going out there against, they're going to make some plays. The key is we have to make more. I mean, eventually, when you get in the playoffs, you get good competition. You're not going to go shut somebody out all the time. You know, you got to be able to take your punches and respond to those punches. And at the end of the day, you just hope we made more. And, you know, make, you're going to play, like you said, you're going to play that type of competition and, and they're going to make plays and it's limiting the effect of those plays, right? They have a big play, you know, their offense has a big play. You know, we, we go, we tackle it, make a play another down, right? Make them earn those six points or, you know, when we have the ball, um, you know, it's, it, it, it's us, you know, making sure, you know, we're, we're assignment driven and making sure we're, we're all on the same page and, um, you know, us earning every yard and making them, you know, play pure fundamental football, pure, um, you know, them have to beat us, not us, you know, beating ourselves. Really. I heard some from a college coach a couple of years ago and really, really hits home. The team who wins plays the hardest longest. If you play, you know, even out for three quarters and that team plays harder, the fourth quarter is going to take over. So that's something you know, I try to tell the kids all the time. You got to play harder, longer, plays hardest, the longest will win. And of course, if those three losses, you play, they played harder than we did longer. Yeah, it seems that it's important in every sport is you have to understand, the players have to understand that their reactions to the other team's actions are just as important as their own big plays, their own big moments. You give up something that you know makes you feel small, you have to overcome that. You have to stand up. One play at a time. Right, exactly. Uh, and I know, I know people always ram on coach speak and cliches, but they're that for a reason because it's true. And um, the kids have to understand that. The, the fans have to understand that. That everything is said for a reason because if if you listen to that stuff, good things will happen. And again, we're dealing with 15, 16, 17 year old boys that aren't the most mature kids all the time. They're going to make mistakes, and that that comes along from them. All right, let's look forward to this season now, 2023. Oh. Um, what, what is one thing that stands out to you guys as you get ready to, you know, we're almost, we're what, a few days away from August and not even what, two weeks from heat acclimatization, I think. So, I mean, it season's here. What are you most looking forward to this year with this crew? The first hit sets a tone. In my opinion, like we have Pat Adorno on right now. So we know who can play, who's going running around, who can do seven on seven, who's good at seven on seven. But do you put the shoulder and helmet pads on? You know, i helmet shoulder pads on. That shows who football players are. So I'm excited for us to get physical and see who's going to stick their nose in and mix it up. Because, again, defensive, we're replacing a lot of people. So we want to play good, we want to play fast and hard. So I'm excited for the first hitting. Yeah, you know, I have specifically at running back when with Cam, you know, exiting, um, you know, and, and, and moving on to Holy Cross. Um, you know, I, I have a... a I'm looking forward to the, the group of kids that I have right now and, and um, you know, them stepping up and, and, and seeing who, who takes that challenge and who takes that next step to, to um, you know, take over. A, and it's more than likely not going to be one person, but, like, who's, who's going to take that step to, to take that role and uh, be a benefit and asset to, to the offense? Yeah, I'm ready to see the pieces together. I want to see them fired on all cylinders. I want to see who can tackle. I mean, it, it's time to, to get, see if the things that we're thinking are true, which we think are true, that the kids have shown us the last two or three years. 
this is put it together. It's you know? a tough time for the kids and us because we're all waiting for that next step. Let's put it together. I'm waiting for the offensive line. <laughs> um, coming into this season, like the off season, like having counting tight end, like five out of six returning. Like I thought this was going to kind of be like walk in the park. Like, okay, you just got to find one. Well, broken hand, messed up foot, concussions, like who knows what we're going to find. So try and like you say, it's when the pads come on, because again, you look great, but you're blocking a guy with no shirt on, a guy with holding a pad, and he's just going to shove him in the face. Like, you kind of can get the idea, and it's looking to see assignment football, technique football. And then when the pads come on, like that next direction. Uh, we, we all have touched on this already um, with personnel. Um, you know, Jamie talked about losing most of your secondary, and Coach Holby, you said the defense is in flux, trying to rotate new guys in. You lost Cam, huge yeah, loss. I but, mean, I've had now a Jones in the backfield for five <laughs> yeah. years. So I don't trying to find the next person. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't have anybody. You know, somebody's got to change your last name or something. <laughs> um, but were there other non-personnel changes to your offensive defense, or do you anticipate making changes? I know we can't get into specifics, obviously, but was there any kind of fundamental playbook scheme changes because of the losses from personnel? You talked about maybe being more aggressive on defense this year. Um, offensively, I felt different on seven-on-sevens this year, to, to be quite honest. And I've said this to the kids. I've said this to other people. just seems like there was something different. So was there anything made uh, changes made this offseason to offense or defense? I mean, I mean, I think the sides are in a little bit different of uh, an area right now because offensively we have so much experience coming back. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it was Adam mentioned, you know, in your, your, your last episode about, you know, like from, from day one, there was a lot of understanding of, you know, a lot of the concepts that we have in place offensively. And it, it wasn't as much that needed to be installed again, it was, Hey, we already got this. Like, let's get, let's get rolling. Um, so, so that experience that we have built, uh, offensively and, and coming back offensively is, is ultimately, uh, you know, it just put us a step ahead of where we were mentally in the past. Um, defensively speaking, I think it's, um, it's different. Like there's a lot of seriousness. Like we have two levels of kids. We have the, the older kids who are mature, understand what it takes to accomplish, and then not to step down from athleticism, but to step down mentally to the next group. Because I mean, the kids who played offensively now are mostly playing defense, so they do have experience playing, and they're mature kids. It's just trying to get that in between. Like I think we're pretty good defensively, not changing too much. I think we're pretty good with who we have, but now we've got to find those pieces. You don't put him in the right spot. Like Coach said, it's like chess pieces, putting the right by here, right guy there in the right spot to be successful. So defensively, I don't see us changing a lot schematically, um, but just finding the pieces to put in and who's going to do what. We move some people, linebacker, D-back, vice versa, some guys on the ground, just trying to get the pieces put in place. But as far as schematically, defensively, I mean, I don't see us changing a whole lot. Do you agree, Jamie? There's some adaptions, but, yeah, but it's, not it's all within the book. It's within what yeah. we're going to see. It's like that we're changing our concepts, what we're doing. It's just we're doing what we do, but offensively it's changed a little bit. Defensively it's changed. When I started coaching you player, Joey, shutouts and no yard rushing. Mm-hmm. Now just stop them more than half the time. They have all eight possessions. We hold them to three touchdowns. That's a win for defense now because it's a different game now. 
So we have to adapt what we have now, what he's doing. Yeah, I, I don't know if you heard Justin and I say this, but when it comes to defensively, like what's the what's the break point for a game? So if the defense holds the opponent under 20 points, we expect to win. That That's kind of where, you know, like you, 25 years ago was shutout. Because more teams are running the ball, you're grinding the clock, there's not many scoring opportunities, yes. there's not many big plays. But now you hold them to basically three touchdowns or fewer, everyone thinks you should win. They only scored 14, why didn't we win that game? That's that's where it's at because it's an offensively driven. Absolutely. All levels of football are often driven now. It's often driven in turnovers. Those are what can try to control the game. I mean, the biggest thing about your question, going back to the kids that I like this year with this group, this is the first group I've had at Wilson, and a lot of my years coaching where they can give you feedback these older kids. And the feedback that they're giving you is accurate and truthful. <clears throat> it isn't what you want to hear as a coach, right. but, you know, their feedback is authentic, and it's accurate. And, you know, that's that speaks to the maturity of, you know, our upperclassmen. You know, I, I like hearing what they have to say because they're spot on with their with their observations. That's really cool about this group that's coming up. So I think that will translate well to making good decisions on the football field front. Just thinking like offensive line, kind of, like, and again, it's not really a change, but it's more kind of just making them more flexible and with the positions, like having somebody that can play all five positions on the offensive line. If need be, finding those backups. The backups having to know multiple positions, like not you're not just a guard, you're a guard in the center, you're a guard in the tackle. So when one piece goes down, you got multiple options to kind of get back in. That's kind of again coming back with the knowledge and experience, we can get creative with some of the things. I, I I really like what Jamie said there because you know you, you speak it defensively, but but we have the same thing now offensively because we've had kids that have been on the field on Friday night. And you know we'll practice things and we'll tinker with some things here and there and try some try try some different approaches to to some of our core plays and things of that nature. And I know I can ask those kids, uh, you know, how it feels to them, how com- how comfortable it is to them, and, and you know, like you said, they're not just going to give me an answer that they think I want to hear. It's it's going to be it's going to be a genuine a, answer, a genuine answer that that you know of their comfort level of certain things. We've danced around this question a little bit already, but um, who are your uh, re- returning starters and your key contributors you expect on, on, on defense or positionally? Um, who are the guys that, that are back and ready to roll? Um, defensively up front, uh, Logan Grizzard played some last year. Derek Reinecker played some last year. Dendel um, will probably get more time on defense this year. Uh, Glover's probably get some time on defense this year. Um, uh, Gaskin will get some time with defense then. There's a lot of guys flipping in and out. Senior-wise coming in, I expect Jackson Wagner to roll next year for us. Um, I expect also Daddy Ketrich, who never played, didn't play defense last year, was starting to grow up. He's going to play well defensively. Um, up front, there's some other kids vying, trying to get spots in. And again, I don't want to get any names. So I'm trying not to say too many <laughs> I end up forgetting some of but, um, but no, it's a lot of guys working hard up front. Um, we're playing three or four man front uh, linebacker. We moved uh, Brady Klein to linebacker now with defense alignment. We think that's a positive move for us um, to get us more depth at linebacker. Nick Fiorini, who didn't play a lot last year, we're expecting a big year out of him. Um, Ron McMillan, again, three year starter, and he should be fine. Uh, but we have guys at the linebacker, and uh, I'll let Jamie talk at second here. We've got linebacker and defense alignment that have matured and grown up and learned what to do. And, 
hopefully learn from the older kids and get better and better and better. We do got some young kids with talent. Hopefully they grow up enough that to contribute. So we can have a nice rotation eventually to keep everybody fresh. Yeah, I mean, might as well talk about the secondary fall, yeah. Yeah, let's finish defense. I mean, I have three three or four really solid corners right now. I'm hoping to see Correll, you know, in the 10th grade, come into his own during season. I'd like to see that. Maddox Groover's doing a great job reading his coverages, knowing how to sit, knowing how to jump, you know, routes when it's appropriate. So he's come a long way. And we got Jonah Patetta as well, who's playing both corner and safety as well for us. You know, at the safety spot, you're looking at Case, Eddie Case. You got Woodsy back there. Tommy's getting sprinkled in a little bit for situational stuff. Maybe not so much regular season, but, you know, playoffs when we get to a higher level. Because there's some things that he does very well from a safety position. And I'm sure I'm missing one or two other guys. But, you know, Wags is even back there sprinkled in. So if we get against a run, more of a running team, we have more, even Austin Balkovich. You know, I'm looking at him in some snickers. So it's really going to be a team effort. It's We're blessed to have some guys that really bring some good things to the table for us. It's nice to have guys that can rotate back and forth and make us multiple defensive. Right, and guys that either cover better or come down better. And, and it's an unselfish group, so it should be a lot of fun. So you know, we, we still play a lot of people personnel defense. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a nice rotation, and it's not a rotation out of a lack of bodies, but more so that you have guys that can play so many spots that gives you versatility. It almost sounds like some of your outside linebackers are kind of what are the stars or elephants or whatever they call it yeah. in a college level, I think. Or it's like they're kind of an outside linebacker, but they're also sort of a strong safety. Yeah, we have a combination. We're going to have some run players at linebacker and some pass players at linebacker. We just have different types of kids that are going to play, so we're able to take advantage of all their skill sets. All right, offensively, who wants to go first? Oh, I was going to say, all mine are pretty much returning. <laughs> um, Dendel, left tackle, we know what he is. He's been playing for three years. This is his senior year. Hoping to have a great year out of him. And now he's looking to start the season off pretty well. Should be getting that right hand taken care of before the season ever starts or just one or two weeks in. Um, Millen at left guard, he's back. Kurzweig at center wherever maybe. Herzwig's that moving piece that could end up wherever we need it. Only thing we really need to look to replace then is Brennan Hopp moves on from right guard. Anthony Mata, right tackle. Hopefully the foot takes care of itself there and he's back. I mean, last year though, returning players, younger guys that we had that got work was Anthony Geloso and then Derek Reininger were the two that saw like real varsity game time. So we know what we get out of them in a game. Derek's had a really good summer, had a really great camp. Um, he's definitely playing his way in that position and then converted tight end James Nolan at the camp. He kind of was like, saw the lack of depth and stepped right up and he's battling. So he's got a lot of short time to learn a lot of things. But again, we know we're going to get that fight out of him. Big body too. And then uh, Junior Katool, um, another junior that's going to step up and possibly contribute. And then there's some good size in that sophomore class, and again, it's a little early to kind of throw them in the mix. Um, the one that's got the most work is Avery Manera, big, like, 6'3", tackle type. And then the rest of them, I mean, there's a lot of good coming out of there. Like Edgeburger, Aiden, so Crable. There's a lot of depth that we have that we can definitely use, and then the rest of the junior class. Good. Now, I mean, you've been coaching here for a long time, Brandon. Do you remember a group with this much experience and depth coming back for you or even in your time as the assistant line coach? 
Yeah, I mean, you've probably got to go back to the Keller, okay. Benino. Yeah, Puglisi. 2019. Yeah. That was a pretty good group coming back. Yeah, solid. I mean, like, you knew you had six. You had six solid six. And if injuries weren't there, I'd say we definitely have a solid six right now. But we'll find it. We'll have a solid six. That'd be, we'll be good. Uh, is it, not to get into specifics, but is everyone on track to possibly play the opener? Or we, is that up in the air still? No, 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 the um, doctor. I think a lot of them are going to be very close. Okay. And I'm, we're just waiting so that we might get bad news, and it's a season. Or it's halfway through the season. I'm kind of hoping it's more of the six to eight week kind of thing. So, again, time wise, it puts them right back for Roman. Maybe a week or two longer. All right, yeah, football gods can't ever make anything easy. So, all right, uh, Jake, why don't you finish this up? With yeah, so, so I'll talk a little bit about you know, skill position. Yeah, give us the skills. General. I mean, obviously we have Tommy coming back, Tommy Hunsaker, quarterback, and, and Adam Woods uh, will serve as his backup as well as, as Christo Hunsaker. Uh, you know, so we have a, a, a nice veteran group at, at, at the quarterback position. Um, you know, at, at running back we have – uh, Nick Fiorini and Amir Willmaker. Uh, we have Corel Akings. Um, so uh, those those three right now are, are kids who've touched the ball on a Friday night before, and uh, you know have have some some experience. But uh, you know right now are kind of leaving that room with a lot of young kids. We were just out at you know as, as Coach Walter mentioned, we we had a kind of JV focused practice, and there's like 20 running backs. Uh, <laughs> right. There, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of, like, those are all right. right. So it's um, yeah. But there, there's a lot of, of potential there, and and once again, that you know that running back position is one where we, we kind of really got to see their shoulder pads on first, and and see how things progress from there. So we'll see that. Um, our wide receiver room has a lot of depth. Uh, we we have you know our our outsides and our slot receivers. We. We are, you know, a good three, four deep uh, with Eddie Case having multiple years of experience. Austin Batkevich, uh, you know, starting for us outside last year. Uh, Jonah Ted, you know, will we'll certainly see some time That's outside for us. 16. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then we have guys that uh, might be more of your inside-focused uh, guys, but can move outside like a Jackson Wagner and a, an Adam Woods. They're both, you know, really uh, – you know, smart football players that that you know can do some good things for us inside, but also can spell those guys on the outside as well as uh, Maddox Gruber uh, making his way in there a little bit. Uh, tight end wise, Brady's been obviously a, our experienced guy, but uh, Cameron Zollinger has really uh, you know stepped up. He's he's a, a kid with with a really positive approach to to the game and and, uh, you know, and that, certainly an effort player. Uh, I forgot to mention the events Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, we, we have some potential, you know, there too with, with some, some other players like Michael Blood. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice within that receiver room to have a lot of experience, but also a lot of depth and, and athleticism. So, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty, pretty solid looking. You know, collection. Of kids. Yeah, it seems like top to bottom. There's a there's a lot there. Uh, is there any, um, you know, young newcomer or to be senior that 
has really turned heads and could be poised for a huge breakout season that you haven't gotten to talk to about much yet? Uh, I'll just right off the bat, the one kid that always stands out to me is, is because of his approach to everything. Quiet, but solid, always does what he's supposed to. It's, it's Adam Woods. I mean, Adam Woods is a kid that, um, you know, wasn't necessarily dealt the best hand last year. Works his butt off, though. Uh, and now is looking to really be a big contributor for us on, on both sides of the football. And, uh, offensively is a big chess piece for us that we can put in a bunch of different places, and, and we know we're going to get smart, solid football to play from. I mean, otherwise, you know, seniors coming back, rise seniors are underclass. So, I mean, Adam's going to be a big player, of course. He put 15, 20 pounds on him all season, and he's mentally approached this. This is my opportunity. He's not going to play college football. This is my year, so he's really, really tactic aggressively. Uh, Jonah's the other one. Uh, Jonah got a little bit of time last year, not a lot. Um, but he's a kid that missing his sophomore year due to injury. He was basically a sophomore last year. He didn't play football all learning. So now he's ready to take over. Just watching his physical and mental approach and his maturity levels is sky high from where it was a year ago. Um, and I'm, I'm, the other one is Anthony Monick, who nobody says a lot of bad. He's an offense, returning offensive starter. Um, hopefully he gets healthy, but he's a guy defensively that could have a really, really good year for us because he's a kid that's going to come off. And again, mentally, physically, just dynamite. Does the right things. You know you can count on him every single play. That's not going to be a problem. Um, I mentioned Ryan McMillan previously, but Ryan, I think, is ready to have plenty of the year at linebacker they expected that. He coached Doms and doesn't give credit a whole lot. And God bless the man, love him to death. But he has a man, when he comes even and says, hey, somebody really impressed him. That's a very good sign. And actually, he mentioned that to me after camp. He said, Brian's really got better this year. So we're looking to big things out of this guys. Excellent. And I'm sure I missed somebody. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyone, anyone that you wanted to mention, you guys? I know we talked about a lot of players already. but I mean, rising seniors, I mean, the only one that kind of jumps out on the offensive line because most of them have already been started last year as juniors. It's kind of James Nolan kind of jumping in. Like saying that, I mean, the, the tight end depth we have is very good. And I think he would have been down like four on the depth chart. He saw interiorly. Again, he put on a lot of good size and good weight. So again, he's walking around. He looks more like a offensive lineman than a tight end a little bit. So, That's from Bowling Coach. He's a big bowler. Yeah. He's a good bowler. <laughs> he is very good bowler. Very good bowler. That's no joke. Four now, I know he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I mean, he's got the right mindset. I guess I think that helps then too. Because again, Wilson's like a lot of times like kids. They need to understand here, Wilson. Like you got to wait till you're senior. Like there's very few senior, very few kids that play as sophomores, freshmen, even juniors. It's sometimes hard to crack in. So again, he put his time in. He's kind of bought it. So now he's got he's putting himself in a good position his senior year. Good. I had a few questions left, but we're running late, so I'm just going to narrow it down here. Um, okay, what game are you looking most forward to? I know one week at a time. I understand. But is there one that you're just like, I'm really excited for that one. I can't wait till that one comes around. It's the same schedule as last year, exactly. Yeah, right. just flip home and away, yeah. Yeah, um, obviously the Roman game, go down there, new atmosphere, the kids never yeah. get down there play. Get to go down there twice, really, exactly. the Philly area. And then, yeah, going to five weeks, it's still two weeks later down and play MLK. So that was going to be exciting. But as you're right, we try to go week to week. I mean, obviously you want to avenge losses, but obviously you're in the fields, so down the road, we're looking down that way, and hopefully in the playoffs. But, um... But no, I mean, I just want to get the Roman and let's go. Let's let's play. I want to see what we got. I mean, what this year's version about. I'm excited because teams here that I've been coach have been lineman led. I've used to be pretty successful. And I consider this a lineman led team. 
So hopefully we follow course and continue the tradition of being successful that way. Yeah, I, I mean, Ernie's hit the nail on the head there. We, we don't have the ability to, you know, look too far ahead. We, you know, honestly, I'm ready just to go and get to Codesville. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. preparing our kids for that. And then, and then, you know, obviously Roman Catholic is, is that, that first piece. You know, that was one of our hard losses last year. Um, but you know, we, we just want to take it week by week and, and, and go from there and see how our team progresses. I mean, two years ago, uh, if, you, if you told me we were going to come out two and three, um, you know, and, and, and then end up with the season that we want. But it was because our kids bought into that week by week focus and let's take the next one, the next one, the next one along the way. And, and uh, you know, and, and they really put together a nice string of. They all get special attention. <laughs> Let's put it that way. That's true. <laughs> a nice motivating factor to kick it off with with a Roman down there. Like you said, a little different atmosphere than they're than they're used to playing here in Lancaster, like Lebanon, Burks area. Yeah. So if I answer this honestly, it's anything <laughs> other than Roman Catholic. Can you like bleep it out? <laughs> I, I'll so tell I you, I will, really, but I won't actually do that. So I say I'm really looking forward to playing. Yes, exactly. No. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. All right, so the last one here then before we finish. Uh, this came up actually in, I think, the first session with you know, the student-athletes, with the seniors, uh, mentioned a sports psychologist uh, coming in and talking. I was, I was interested to learn more about that. I tried to pry them a little bit, but I didn't want to dive in too deep. Um, but can, should I ask any of you about it, or should I yeah. wait to talk, talk to the big man well, next it, about it? I think it? in general it's just one of those things that – uh, there's so many different aspects to, you know, succeeding on, on any sports field. And, you know, obviously we're, we're you know, focused in football here. And, uh, that is a big piece of it. And uh, once again, Ernie mentioned earlier, we're dealing with 14 to 18 year old kids here. Don't have that tool set. They, they need, the tool need to learn. Their boxes are fully there. Right, right. They, they need to learn it. And it's not something that you just acquire out of nowhere. So, um, you know, Coach Palm and Coach Doms and recognized an opportunity with, with somebody that we have within our, our school community here to, to come in to be able to, to help us out and help the kids, you know, add to their tool set to, to be able to, you know, prepare themselves as best as they can, you know, on a day-to-day basis, really, not just a Friday night basis. And it was like Uber Camp, the one we had a bad session and the uh, kids retired. And Coach brought Dom's board up afterwards. Did you consider any of the things that she gave us to help us work through these things? Like, what did you tell you to focus on in situations? As coaches, we don't get get involved in a mental approach all the time, where their minds are at. We're trying to work X and O's and execution. And somebody like that coming in who understands the mind a little better than we do can kind of get those kids. And you saw some of the kids that take notes and they write things down and they reflect on that stuff and hopefully helps them prepare better and to be healthier, you know, more productive kids, not only athletically, but also academically. And this is with um, Mrs. Um, Camoff? Camoff, okay, yeah. Yeah, she'll probably be getting an email from me to follow up with her about what she does, because I saw that she does it's, it it's, in addition. I mean, it's, it's the kids are there, sent her a half hour early, and there were notebooks, and it's usually pretty, they're respectful to her, and they listen, and... Some of the kids say, like Zulu, you mentioned earlier, he's really talked to me about a few times. He's usually a lot of the tools she uses. It was pretty neat here, and, you know, once again, your last episode, and, and 
unprompted, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 the players bringing it up and, and uh, you know, the, the value that they see it, again, it can be such a you know, benefit for them. It seems to have been well received. It seems like the kids seem to enjoy it. Like when they brought it up unprompted, that's what caught me, and that's why I wanted to get kind of a little bit more info about it, because I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, the one, I think, some Wednesday mornings is that um, it's gone very well, as far as I can see. Like, it seemed to enjoy it. It's another approach. And nowadays, I mean, there's so much on the plate, and it's hard bringing a kid. I'm glad I'm not a 17-year-old right now. It's hard, and if we can do anything to help them, you know, whether family life, whatever it is, we'll try to be there for them. Well, excellent. Guys, I uh, appreciate you joining me again. Uh, you're always welcome on the Bulldog Hour, and I'm sure we'll try to talk to uh, you all uh, here in August and into September once the games get going, and uh, hopefully get to talk a lot after uh, many, many wins on Friday nights this year. So thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you. And May sandwich shop and the official <laughs> coaching drink of Wilson Football. All right. The Arnold Palmer. <laughs> gotta, gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. So there you have it. Interviews with four assistant coaches. Appreciate those guys joining me for about uh, 40, 45 minutes of discussion. Always great to have those on. I know I missed a few guys. Definitely want to catch up with them. Planning on interviewing a, uh, offense coordinator Jeremy Palm in the coming weeks. And then hopefully I'll get to talk to uh, Godfrey, Steinmeier, maybe Seattle, uh, Little Wolber. I love to talk to everyone and haven't gotten to interview a few of those at all or ever. And... Uh, few it's been a few years since i talked to him so definitely want to get as much of a perspective as i can but appreciate the for them uh taking the time this uh this week so that is it for the show again thanks to those coaches for joining me we have a big show in two weeks when we will t sit down and talk with head coach doug doms and that will uh that will run the full hour for sure. He and I recorded, I think, about 57 minutes, so don't have a lot of time to sneak into that 60-minute mark. Um, but that's it. So, again, if you'd like to support the show, check out BulldogHour.com. Continue to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review across social media, especially check out our YouTube. And I think that about does it. So we'll see you again in two weeks for Episode 4 of Season 9 of the Bulldog Hour with Wilson Head Coach. Doug Doms. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.